seated. Praise God. Well, how's everybody doing today? Anybody out there? You are allowed to respond vocally to questions. How's everybody doing? Say, what if my answer's not good? Then just say it a little bit lower. <laughs> if it's a good answer, say, you know, you say it nice and loud. Praise God. God's good. Did you guys see the, uh, the new Dream Team wall on the way in? Depends on where you came in, but make sure and check that out uh, on the way out. Some of your, your cheerful, smiling faces are on those pictures. And uh, we're so thankful for everyone who, who, who serves. I need to be able to have a pulpit I can hit once in a while. How can a preacher have a pulpit that he can't hit without things falling down? All right. Because I might have to get real aggressive here today. Some statements need a banging. All right. Uh, anyway, we so appreciate everyone who's on the Dream Team. And uh, we've got that new wall going in. So take a look at that if you haven't already. If you want to be a part of the Dream Team, then uh, we got a place for you. I'd love to have you a part uh, of what God's doing around here. If you have your Bible with you, do you have a Bible or a Bible on your phone, on your iPad or your UPad or... Uh, uh, find with me the book of Proverbs. If you're new with us and uh, you don't have anything to look at, that's fine. Just listen. Proverbs uh, chapter 4. Proverbs the fourth chapter. I want to share with you today uh, another message in our series called Wheel of Fortune. All right? The Wheel of Fortune. Uh, the reason we have that name is because of the kind of the picture I had on the inside a couple months ago of how uh, I believe the, the Lord wanted me to teach on finances. Instead of just taking one aspect of it, like giving or receiving or faith or something like that, uh, the, the picture I had in, inwardly was more um, to touch on a bunch of different areas a little bit. All right? Not exhaustive, but hit giving, hit receiving, hit faith, hit prosperity, hit uh, all these, these different um, parts of the p complete picture. And in doing so, in seeing that, I recognize one of the issues we have is that we get strong in one area but not another. And because we're doing well in one and, we're, and we may think, why isn't everything working? How come I'm not thriving in my finances? Well, it might not be that you have a problem in the area that you're thinking. You might be doing really well, but maybe there's another aspect of this that you either haven't thought about or haven't aligned your beliefs up with God's uh, revelation of, of kingdom finances. And so that's why I'm hitting all these. And in the middle of this, hopefully all of us can benefit and, and, and recognize some areas where we can be built up in and strengthened and encouraged. Uh, no doubt that some people are doing fine in some areas, and but at the same time, you might not be. <laughs> I might be, you know, hitting on some aspects that you are totally deficient in, and God wants to help us. He wants to help you financially, in addition to spiritually and emotionally and physically and relationally. He wants to work in your finances. Now, I was... Um, 
I received uh, recently a picture from a friend. He was at a restaurant, and all good friends will send their other friends pictures of their food. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he, was, he took a picture of some people he was with that I knew. That's why he did. And it was a husband and wife, and they were sitting across the table, but in, right in front of them, and this is the reason my friend sent me the picture, was this beautiful, magnificent hot fudge sundae. And he knew that I had participated in that hot fudge Sunday experience in the past. And, uh, and that's why he was sending me that picture of those people that we knew with the Sunday. But I looked at the picture and I thought, two people, one Sunday. Something's not right here. I wrote him back. I said, this is not, a, not acceptable. They, I told him they need the full experience. They cannot share. Yeah? And so likewise, in this message, <laughs> in this series that I'm doing here called The Wheel of Fortune, uh, you, can't share, you can't just get one part, a bite here, a bite here, a bite over here, to make this work. And I say this, you say that's true all the time with all your messages, right? Of course. <laughs> but specifically for this one, it's the way I saw it. It's the way I was inclined, uh, and I believe by the Spirit, to present it to you. So if you've taken a bite out of a couple pieces of this pie, make sure you eat the whole thing, right? If you've already missed some, I, I recognize our culture today, uh, you know, statisticians and people who study churches, they say half of the church is gone on any given Sunday. Half! That's a lot of people in our case. <laughs> and, uh, and so if that's you, I get it, that's the culture, but this series does not work that way because you might have missed the very thing that's causing you to sink. Alright, so if you have no condemnation, make sure you go back on the website, listen to it or watch the video, and listen multiple times. Get all the parts, then I think we will have accomplished what, what God had in mind. Because He knows your business, I don't. He knows what I need. He, you don't know what I need. He knows. I don't know what you need per se. He knows what you need. And so I'm trusting Him to give us the the solutions to our life. Good, good? All right, we are wet, ready to spin our very own Wheel of Fortune. Let's see where it's going to land today. Wheel of Can anybody guess? Is it bankruptcy? It is not. It's wisdom. <laughs> Praise God. So, uh, you found uh, the book of Proverbs over there. I want to begin sharing with you today about wisdom. I say begin. I'm going to start and finish because we're just giving one, one week on each of these subjects. But let's talk about wisdom. And so I want to begin in, in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs, the fourth chapter and the seventh verse. N notice what it says here. It, it reads, wisdom is the principal thing. What, what's the principal thing? Wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, you might think, hey, this is a series on finances. I think maybe we should read a scripture that says, get money. <laughs> How many like that verse, get money? Now, there's nothing wrong with getting money, but that for sure is not the principal thing. Okay? He, he didn't say, in all you're getting, make sure you get enough money because, dude, you need money to live. No, what we need more than money is wisdom. And you'll find that in the kingdom of God, 
finances follow wisdom. They don't precede it. In other words, we could put a boatload of money in someone's lap, and if they lack wisdom, it might actually hurt them. It might actually wreck their life. But if you take and put a bunch of wisdom in someone's heart, and they start seeing things clearly and making better decisions, now finances are going to be actually be attracted to them. They will do better because of the wisdom, and it doesn't work the other way around. So in all you're getting, make sure that you get wisdom. Now, just to explain real quick what wisdom is, some of you, you probably know, but wisdom is, is about what to do. It, it, it deals with the future. It's different from knowledge. Uh, wisdom would be the application of knowledge. It has to do with the future, decisions that we make. Um, in the New Covenant, where one of the gifts of the Spirit is called the Word, the Word of Wisdom. Well, what's the gift, a word of wisdom? That's when God reveals to a person something that either is going to happen or something that He wants them to do. It all has to do with moving forward. And if we are going to be well-rounded in all of our, our lives, all of our financial lives, wisdom is absolutely essential. We have to be those who see the future. Or make, you know, we can't see it perfectly, but, you know, make preparation for the future. Wisdom is the principal thing. I can fully participate in God's laws of giving and receiving. I can do it right. I can give with the right heart. I can give by faith. I can trust Him for a harvest. But if I do not have the wisdom of God, I am likely going to blow my harvest and it's going to get eaten up by by things in life, by poor decisions, by the enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But if I have the wisdom of God working in me, I'm not only a giver and a receiver, I'm trusting God to provide my needs, but I'm making smart decisions with my money. Can you see the value in this? Okay. Uh, it's real easy to agree with something principally. <laughs> it's when we get down to the real nitty-gritty and we say, Oh, I feel that one. Uh, when it hits home, when we find that we've made poor decisions. And, and listen, I'm not beating up on anyone. We've all made poor decisions before. We've all made unwise choices financially and in other ways. But we want to look at our lives going forward. And so some of what comes to us in life is, is designated by the Lord as seed. And some of it is designated as food or bread. Okay? Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.10 uh, uses that language. I need to have the discernment, the wisdom to recognize when, when I receive money, what is supposed to be given again or planted and what is supposed to be spent. Okay, If I can recognize the difference, um, then I do the right thing with the seed part of my income. Then the rest is it's basically up to me what I do with, with the bread part. However, I don't want to be a fool. Let I me mean, know what the opposite of wise is. <laughs> It's fool, foolishness. I don't want to be a fool with God. Ha, God has put this part in my hands and said, now you handle that. Now you do the, do, do be smart with this, but you can do whatever you want with it. You can go blow it at the bar. <laughs> you, you can go whatever. You can do all kinds of things with it, but use my wisdom and be smart with it. Everybody okay? If he speaks to you, then that's fine. But other than that, we just need his wisdom. And so... I want to approach this today and, uh, and show you some of the things that can eat away at your prosperity. 
some of the things that can eat up the blessing of God. In other words, it, it's from, it comes from Him, His blessing on your life, but it gets chewed up by wrong decisions. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, it's towards the back of the book. Um, and chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I want to show you this principle here, and then take the rest of our message basically from that, this concept. Uh, verse 8, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8, it reads, for bodily exercise profits a little, how many say that's why I don't exercise because it's only profits a little, <laughs> If it profited a lot, then I'd be... Okay, never mind. That's not my message today. It's a contrast, though. He said that profits for a little, meaning for a little time. But then it goes on to say, But godliness is profitable for all things. Say that with me. Say, Godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So, if we will live and think godly, godliness, godly ways, God's way of doing things, it will for sure help us in eternity, okay? But he's saying, it'll benefit you here and now. Well, in what way? Well, according to this verse, in all things. Will it benefit us financially if we live godly? Okay? Some of you aren't being responsive again. Seriously, like you, it's afternoon, you should be awake. <laughs> so, this is my nap time. <laughs> Listen, you're not three. <laughs> um, godliness will profit us financially. You, you see how that works? Ungodliness will eat up your finances. It will cost you in real terms of hard cash to live in an ungodly way. It will profit you to find out God's way of living and conducting ourselves with morality, with integrity, doing things His way, it'll actually put money in your wallet when you make those decisions. Everybody with me now? Okay. And so we want to do it right. Think real practically with me now. And understand, I am not throwing stones at anyone. I know everybody has had history and we've all made some bad choices in different areas so this is not condemnation about what has been okay this is I'm right here right now no matter what I've done in the past I'm moving forward and I want to move forward with wisdom but little things like uh, like marriage for example how many know God's idea is marriage is a God idea not that everyone has to be married but this the institution is God's idea and and his plan his best is that when people marry, they, the husband and wife stay together like for the rest of their lives. What happens when they don't? Okay, well, a lot of things happen. Here's one thing that often happens, is it hits them financially. Think about it. Just staying, staying married and getting to keep your whole paycheck is a financial blessing. Not doing it God's way. And again, I'm not throwing stones at anyone. People say, yeah, I blew it there and I only get half my paycheck <laughs> because of that. But you can see how godliness tends toward prosperity and people being blessed. You know, having children, 
outside of wedlock is, I'm not just talking from the morality standpoint of it or God's original design, but that will cost people financially. And do, but, but if when we recognize this is God's divine plan or order, I'm going to do it His way. That will pay off materially in our lives. In fact, some who have studied this and run the stats, they have, they have discovered that in our country, and I can't speak for all over the world, uh, but I can principally, you know. But in our country, if people will simply do a few things in this order, it's almost, it, it almost removes the possibility of them being below the poverty line in our country. And it goes simply like this. Graduate from high school. Then, sometime after that, get married. Sometime after that, have kids. If they just do those three things, not that everyone has to have kids and stuff, you don't understand what I'm saying. But if you just do those three things in order, they have found that there is such a tiny percentage of people that end up below the poverty line. I just think that's amazing. Yet, and yet there's such a cultural push for people to do things differently than that. Where it's a new age, do things, people get married later, and they do all these things in whatever order they want. They put it in the blender and spit it out. And what happens? Well, one of the things that often happens is people struggle financially when they mix that up. I'm just saying, godliness is profitable. Uh, you know, if, if we were to talk about, uh, you know, if we were to talk about, about gambling, uh, I don't recommend gambling. <laughs> I think that's an ungodly way to spend your money. And I, I know some of them are going to, they get home and they're going to Google the word gamble and Bible. And it's not going to come up with any hits. So you're going you're gonna to say, see, the Lord's, <laughs> I don't see any scriptures that say we can't gamble. Well, maybe you can't. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't see any scriptures that, don't, that say you can't take poison either. <laughs> you, you, amen. <laughs> and so uh, we, we can take questions afterwards, but not in the middle. Sorry. <laughs> but appreciate it. Uh, um, and so there are some things I don't necessarily need a word for. Uh, I have the wisdom of God. And if I have wisdom, I'm going to say, whether or not I have a specific verse on this particular issue, wisdom tells me, no, I'm not going to go there. No, I'm, I'm not going sp- to use my money in, in this way. And, and I didn't use the word lottery, but now I guess I did. Just FYI. Well, I just, just in case. Okay, whatever. I'll do the preaching. You receive whatever parts of this you want. But I don't recommend it. I don't think that's God's design. But if you win, you must tithe. <laughs> here's, another, here's another thing. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, one of the mistakes we make, just lack of wisdom, lack of 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 foresight is buying things we cannot afford. We don't need to have anybody lift their hands, but this is a real big problem in our country. And if whether you're a Christian or not, this works the same way. If you don't have the money to buy something and then you buy it anyway, that's a sure pathway to the poorhouse. Well, I'm faithful to tithe. I know, but then you take the rest of it and you and, and you buy things that are outside of your your, your your means. 
Amen. Okay. So I was thinking, uh, this might help. But as I was thinking of this and writing down these different points, I thought of this old video. And, uh, and I thought I'd let them make the point for me today. So play. Ugh, I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Oh, let me see that. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in Chapter 3. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. <laughs> now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? <laughs> no. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. The price is priceless and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you also receive Seriously, If You Don't Have the Money, Don't Buy It. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. <laughs> All right, how many got the point there? There. <laughs> It's fun to laugh at, but in reality, too many of us buy stuff we can't afford. And that really is a problem. Say, well, I'm just, I'm going to buy it now and believe God. See, we, we would say it different. You know, or he would say, I'm going to believe it and hope I find the money. We would say, well, no, I'm believing God for it. Well, believe God, trust him for the finances, trust him for the money, and, and then buy it. It's real, it's real simple in the math, but practically speaking, we're in a culture that says you can have anything you want right now for 80 easy payments. <laughs> Sign your name. And you can drive it. You can ride it. You can, what else can you, live in it, whatever. You can do it today. And we have to resist foolish thinking because that is going to undermine God's plan to bless you. Rash decisions. There's one left. Someone else is on their way over. <laughs> the salesman says, I've got three people who want this, but you're here now. I'll sell it to you today. Well, the question is, do you have it? Because if we're really in faith about something, we're really trusting God to supply our needs, listen, we can walk away from a whole bunch of things and say, fine, let them have it. God will give me a better one. 
He'll give me an upgraded one. Even if it's not today, maybe I wait a little bit longer. But if I do things the right way, I'm going to be better off in the end. Amen. Again, godliness is profitable. Think about things that can eat away at your finances, like breaking the law. All right? And now I'm with, I'm with some of you. I don't like speed limits either. But... Uh, <laughs> But how many have had, have, you don't have to raise your hand, but probably quite, probably most of us at some point in life have paid speeding tickets or some kind of, you know, fine like that. You, get, you do that often enough, what happens? Ka-ching, ka-ching, and then your insurance goes up, ka-ching, and it's different things like that, fines and penalties and different things like that will eat away at our prosperity. You know, I was talking with a, a banker uh, several years back, and and I, I asked him, I said, where, where do you guys get most of your money? And at the time, I don't know what it is right now, but he said, it's about half and half. Half of it comes from, you know, lending money, and then we make the money on the interest and so forth. And the other half comes from, like, overdraft fees and, and, and you know, people bouncing checks and that kind of stuff. And at, at the time, I remember thinking, wow, this whole industry is based on people not paying stuff on time? This whole industry is based on people writing a check that for money that's not in the account, either through poor record keeping or they're hoping that it miraculously shows up by the time the person with the check goes to cash it. <laughs> but it's true. And how many know you make some, a few poor decisions and multiply that month after month after month and all of a sudden thousands of dollars are gone that you would have had before. It's the wisdom of God that allows us to avoid some of the foolish decisions. Even, you know, when we're talking about godliness, um, you know, habits, bad habits like smoking, for example, uh, aside from any kind of health issue that may bring, um, how many know that that'll eat, eat your finances? You know, if people smoke like a pack of cigarettes a day, that goes up to like $2,000 plus a year. Multiply that over a few years. If you could, you know, if, if anyone has that, if you, could, if you could go back in time and save all the cigarette money for five years, and all of a sudden you've got a $10,000 stash in the bank plus interest or investments or, or whatever, whatever it is, think about how that could benefit. But it's, all, it's these little things that sometimes eat away. Even nowadays, uh, and, and I don't put this in the same category, don't, so don't, you know, think that I am, but coffee is a real big thing. <laughs> you know, the specialty, specialty coffees, most probably many of you do your Dutch Bros or Starbucks or something like, something like that. And uh, what do they cost? Five bucks? Eight fifty? Did I hear? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and how many know if you do that every day, again, that adds up to thousands. You know, what's whatever five times 365 is, a uh, couple thousand dollars um, a year. And I'm not against that. If you can afford that, fine, go for it. I don't care. Uh, but it's, what the problem is, is when people begin spending money on different habits and they don't really have it. And it's just an unwise choice where they're choosing that over, you know, having power to their house <laughs> or over, you know, having their you know, their car is repossessed, repossessed, but at least they got their coffee. <laughs> you know, 
we need, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. The person who has wisdom sees some of these things super clear. The person who lacks it, they're saying, huh, I don't know where I can get some extra money. i just always coming up short. I don't know where it's going. Everybody okay? Poor decisions, you know, credit card balances, buying a house because it's cheaper, but it's a half hour away. Oh, but it's so nice, so much nicer than anything close. Okay, did you add up the fuel? Did you add up the time it's going to cost you to live out in Timbuk 3? All right. And those are the things, when, when you have wisdom there, you start seeing the whole thing, the big picture, and say, yes, that's a little nicer house, but for the, it's really going to cost us this much, not just what the house payment is. You remember the, in the Scripture, the, Jesus taught about the, the prodigal son? The prodigal son was a, a parable he told about this father. He had the two sons, and he said, they said, look, can we have our... Uh, the younger son said, I'd like to have my inheritance right now. So he divided it to both of them. In a few days, the, the younger son took off. He took all the money from his, from his father. He had this great inheritance, and he went out into a party life. He went out and started blowing it. In fact, the word prodigal son means riotous living or wasteful, uh, wastefully extravagant. It's in Luke 15, 13. But this, young, this younger son went out and he began to just basically live high on the hog. And he was large and in charge for a little while. And then he began to live with the pigs because he wasted all of his money. It was a gift from the Father. And that's the picture of the Father giving us an inheritance and blessing us. But how many know it's, impo- it's possible for us to receive a blessing from God and then totally waste it? Okay? So I, I, some people trip up here. They say, well, I thought the Lord, the Lord was an abundant God. He's a more than enough. He's the, I'm going to run your cup over. I'm going to multiply the fish and the loaves and give you more than enough. I have streets paved with gold. That's all true. But that doesn't mean He wants us to put it on a card. <laughs> you can have nice things if it's wise if it's if it's if you can afford it but it's when we set those things aside and just say oh i believe god wants me to have, to have me to have nice stuff and don't attach any foresight to our decisions that we really get in trouble let me read a couple verses to you uh, from the new living translation this one is proverbs 21 and verse 20 it reads, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. All right, think about it. Contrast, wise do what? They have stuff. They have nice stuff. Tells me I want wisdom. But how does the fool, how does the fool think? As soon as it comes, it goes. I got my paycheck on Friday, and by Monday, it's gone. That's what a fool does. A fool spends whatever they get. And many times people in, the, in our day, they get their money, they spend it all, and then they scrape by till the next paycheck. And then spend it, and then scrape by till the next paycheck. All right? Now, don't be condemned about this. Let's just wise up and say, I've got to start thinking different. I need to use wisdom. What's wisdom? Future. Wisdom sees tomorrow, next week, next year. Ten years from now. Wisdom is, is conscious of there's going to be another day, and so I shouldn't blow everything I have right now. I, I remember when I, was, when I was first entering adult life, 
No one ever told me to do this, so I don't know where it came from, but it just seemed logical to me, and I would just call it the grace of God. Uh, but it seemed logical. I had very, I, I didn't have much, and I had very low income, and I was single, and it was just me. But I decided uh, to make my zero in my bank account to be 1000 I thought, I'm never going to go down to zero. I'm going to go down to 1000 So I had this baseline. My, my thought process was this. I can't ever accidentally go over. If I didn't balance the checkbook in time, and I'm getting close there, I'm never going to have a, a fee or something like that. Also, if, you know, if I need something to fix my car or something else goes wrong, I know that that's, that, that cushion is always there. I didn't call it any kind of emergency fund or anything like that. It just seemed logical not to live at the bottom of the barrel. It seemed logical to fill the barrel with my, my barrel at that time was a thousand. Okay? It seemed logical that I should live off the top of the barrel instead of the bottom. That makes sense? You know, would that be beneficial for anyone? Say, I don't have the money to do that. Well, you can in the future. <laughs> if you don't have it now, I didn't have it. Say, well, you were rich. No, I wasn't rich. That's why I did that. I didn't have extra money. That's why I did that. If I had thousands and thousands of dollars already, I probably wouldn't even have to, you know, be concerned with that. But I didn't have the money. That's why I need to handle this properly. And it's a forward-looking mentality. Again, the wise have stuff. Fools, they spend whatever they get. There's never any extra. I know that hits home with some and, and others it doesn't, but I know in our culture, too many people are living on the edge of disaster. And the Lord wants to take you up and out. Listen to this one. It's Proverbs chapter 6, and this is also from the New Living. Proverbs 6, verse 6. It reads, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. How strong, strong language. Who does, who does poverty attack? Who does it get? The person who, instead of preparing for the future, planning and looking ahead, they're sleeping away that, that period of time in their life. He said, you're going to be financially in the poor house. It'll come on you like a thief. So what should we do? What does wisdom do? We hold on to some of it. We, we, we store up some of it. Uh, Proverbs 21.5. 21.5. New King James. The plans of the diligent surely lead to plenty. But those, those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. No, no, notice what leads to plenty? Did you see that word? Huh? What? What? What leads to plenty? The plans. Thank you. Are the rest of you listening? Now you're listening. Are you paying attention? The plans lead to plenty. If there is no plan in your life, 
your future will not have plenty. If we're just hasty, if we're just reactionary, finally got some money, spend it. Finally, oh, here's some extra. I know some folks, some, and they're not from our church, and I would never embarrass anyone or make you feel bad, not intentionally. Uh, but some people, they got some money, and some extra money was through an inheritance type of thing. And not, not a huge sum, but, you know, thousands. And they weren't doing super well financially anyway. And they got this money because I was aware of the, the background and everything going on. I'm thinking, okay, cool. I sure hope they use this to get ahead. Pay off some bills, pay off some things, you know, some bills that they're laid on. But no. Money, extra money, thousands of dollars come to them. And almost you blink your eye and all the money's gone. And they still owe on the credit card. They're still late on their rent. They're still thinking, I want to in love, of course. I'm a Christian, so I love you while I'm strangling you. <laughs> but I want to say, man, have some wisdom, have some foresight. You've got you've to do things better. You can't live in constant, I need a miracle mode. I don't want to live from miracle to miracle. I don't want to live from desperation to finally God rescued me. You know, a friend of mine called me last night. Uh, you know, I'm, prepar- I'm studying and praying for the, this service, and he's a pastor in another state, and he doesn't ever call on Saturday night, so he, he FaceTimes me, and I say, what, you need, so- you need a message? <laughs> what, you don't know what to preach tomorrow? <laughs> is, is, this one of, is this one of those, God, come on, one more time, do it for the people. <laughs> said, aren't you prepared? Aren't you ready to go? <laughs> I don't want to live my life that way, where God is constantly bailing me out. The blessing of God is, is something that can continue in our lives so we're not always on the edge of disaster. Does that mean He won't rescue us on the edge of disaster? He's gracious. He's kind. He'll be there for us. But let's use His wisdom. Don't just use the other components. Be wise. Have plans. Be diligent to have plenty. Amen. Amen. Let me finish with, with this. is real simple. I think this is the order in which we should, um, it, uh, we should handle our finances. All right? The very first thing. This, now, you can do whatever you want with this. I'm telling you, this is what I do. This is what is scriptural. The very first thing you do is give. Whenever money comes to you, don't say, I'll give if I have something left. That is not God's kingdom finance law. Give first. Secondly, save slash invest. Do something in your life where you don't spend it all. And number three is spend. If we do it in that order, give, save, spend, we're being wise for the future. Here's a, here's a, a, a tip. You can, you know, this isn't gospel. Um, but nowadays, one easy thing to do is to set up a bank account other than your main checking account and have money that diverts to it. Whether it's an automated transfer within your bank or from an employer or however you want to do that, but you set money aside that you don't actually see. Does that make sense? It's not in the account when I'm checking my balance so I can spend it. I know I have it in the back of my head, but it's in a different account. It's going to take more effort to get to it. Okay? In other words, uh, you can do that with 
Um, some people do it with giving, or some people just give right away. Okay, but with the saving side, um, one thing, one thing, one area people make a mistake in is they go on vacation on their credit card, and so they have a great vacation, and they're paying for it for five years with interest. You know, because you don't have to pay it off all at once, and something else comes up, so you pay the minimum minimum payment, and then that's a whole t- totally a bad cycle <laughs> to get into. But instead of being on the back end of everything, get on the front end. That means if you're behind, that means this year your vacation is at the park. <laughs> it's a stay. It's a staycation, or something like that. Something where it doesn't cost you a bunch of money. You can still take time off, but you have to do something to get ahead of it. And then what you do is you say, okay, next year or next winter or next summer or whatever, we want to go to the beach or to Disneyland or something like that, and you figure out the cost, and you start diverting money out of your paycheck or however you want to do it, and it just goes there all year long. You're not going to touch it unless there were some really you know, big emergency and you had to, but you're just not going to touch it. You're just gonna, and then, then next time vacation time rolls around, and there you got a few thousand dollars, and you're set to go. Think that's wise, or is that foolish? What kind of people do that? The foolish people. I mean, does anyone who ever does that would, would you accuse them and say, "Man, you are foolish with your finances. You you need to spend your money faster, because you know there's inflation, and you're losing value." <laughs> no, you would say that's pretty smart for you to think ahead like that. You can do that with vehicles. So many times we're on the other side of it, buying a vehicle or leasing a vehicle, and at the end you have no vehicle. <laughs> Buy a vehicle and making payments with interest, and by the time you get it paid off, um, it's not only if value is way low, but then you have to do it again because it's time to upgrade the vehicle again. What if you could get on the other side of it? Meaning you got to milk your current one for what it's worth and stretch out its life cycle or just drive it longer than you planned or wanted to and you start you get it paid off and you keep making payments to your other bank account you know I was paying $400 a month for this car now you're paying $400 a month to yourself to your car account got your vacation fund got your car fund or whatever fund you want you want to do and you divert money there automated and then what happens in three years four years five years time to get a new car and now maybe you really need one. <laughs> but guess what? You're going in with cash, feeling confident. <laughs> and man, you've been making interest instead of paying interest. Well, you do that over time, that's, gonna, that's another wise decision. I would never look at someone who was doing that and say, you are totally foolish. You are foolish saving all that money. You should be getting a good loan. Right? And so these are just some of the things. I believe the Lord will give you wisdom in more areas than I've covered today. But the, the, the final uh, word on our, our, our finances is not just about giving and receiving. It's not just about prayer. I believe in the middle of this. See, scripturally, you might call one of those savings accounts, you, you might call it a storehouse. So why, why a storehouse? Well, that's just a Bible term. And why would we use that? What, cause, because the Lord said He would bless our storehouse. If you have something you're saving, investing, and you believe in God's blessing on it, it's not just the calculated amounts. Well, I figured I can save $3,000 over the next year for my vacation. Okay, now let's pour out a little blessing on it. Psh, 
and all of a sudden that money is going up and it's increasing and you have extra. Hey, I can put more on this. Before you know it, it's Hawaii. <laughs> and paid up front. Amen. So I'm not talking just a math equation. I'm talking the believing God for his blessing on what? On wise choices. Not asking God to bless foolish foolishness that I get involved with foolish decisions or rash purchases or I've, you know, money hungry I've got to have it now. I'm saying Lord, I'm going to be wise. I want to do it your way if I need to wait on some things, I'll do that. I want to handle this properly with your wisdom and I'm trusting you to bless it, multiply it increase it. Amen I think the Lord will help us in this. Now listen, let's, let's finish with this. Well, let's finish with this before I finish with the salvation thing, okay? Uh I want, to, I want to lead you in a prayer, all right? This is a wisdom prayer. Anybody need wisdom? All right. James 1.5 says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask. All right? So we can talk about it. We can make wise choices. And what, here's what else we can do. We can ask him to give us wisdom. Because your situation is unique. I don't know it. You know it. God knows it. He'll tell you exactly how to, how to handle your, your, your specific situation. Amen? All right, let's pray this out loud. Say it, say it with me. Say, Father God, I ask you today for wisdom. I need your wisdom. I want your wisdom. Show me what to do, how to handle my finances, how to plan and prepare for the future. Fill me with wisdom. You said in your word that if anyone lacks wisdom, we should ask of you, and you would give it liberally. So I'm asking and I'm receiving your wisdom today for my finances, for my future. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, thank you.